John Boy Media's very own Kyle Condor stopped by today. We talked some John Boy Media details and some Yanks, of course. Let's get into it. Welcome back, guys, for another episode of We Got Ice. Today, we are joined by Kyle Condor of John Boy Media. You may know him for his epic work on the Talking Yanks Twitter and Instagram feed. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. This is against all rules to be talking to you guys right now as Red Sox fans. So oh. I might keep this on the low, but I figured, you know, why not? I, I can talk some baseball for a little bit. It could also be kind of an olive branch. Ooh. Maybe this is the start of start of a new treaty. Maybe. You guys Maybe. did trade us we'll Adam Adovino this offseason. True. I'm just saying, you guys initiated the peace treaty. <laughs> we were happy about that, too. That was like something that worked out for both sides. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, right after the French Revolution. We're like, let's shake hands. Let's call it, guys. No more, no more fighting. It's also because we suck and you're <laughs> good. So you guys, mm-hmm. you guys got to flex on us right now. So that's kind of where we're at. Right. But the we got a lot of thing was all about just dumping the money. Yeah, dude. Facts. Hey, I'll take it and give us all your money dumps right now. I'm into it. You guys want to <laughs> dump judge? We'll take him. I don't mind. <laughs> Actually, that's where, where I want to more than him. That's where I want to start. I'm, this I'm coming up with this on the spot. Aaron Judge has new teeth. Okay. And I'm mm. going to just say it. Aaron Judge, not hot. So, great player. Not a hot man. How do you feel about the teeth? Wow. I'm sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> it's a bold start. I feel like Judge is one of those guys that people go back and forth on. Either you think he's really hot or you think he's really ugly. Mm-hmm. So, like, it depends what you're into. If you're into that, like, big build, <laughs> you could taste Judge a little bit. But if you're <laughs> thinking he's, like, a little too unique looking, I can understand why you don't like Judge. The new teeth are definitely working, though. Obviously, they're better than the old teeth. But the fact that uh, people know they're fake kind of takes away from it a little bit. A little it's like, bit. it's so obvious. It's like if one day, like, the guy was completely, like if Brett Gardner came back with hair, like, <laughs> obviously that's fake, Brett. Like, you're not fooling anybody. And, like, people are just going to look at you for the rest of your life and be like, fake. So. I think Brett Gardner could rock, like, a toupee or something, just kind of flex mm-hmm. it out on the field. I saw him zooming around the bases today. I was like, yeah, we've got to get one that fits real tight. <laughs> just maybe glue it, glue it in the batting helmet. Ooh. Yeah, bro, get some flow like yours, dude. Yeah, gotta rock yeah. the mullet, man. You gotta keep the baseball <laughs> flow going. Uh-huh. Say, I think Aaron Judge is a type. He's a type. If you're into him, you're into him. I'm not right. into the judge. I'm not gonna be mad at somebody who says he's ugly. I'm not gonna be mad at somebody who says he's dropped dead gorgeous. Like it's it's to each their own when it comes to judge. He also has he has a disadvantage being seven foot. It's it's hard to pull that off, and I, he does tough. it pretty well. <laughs> he does do it good. Yeah, he does do it well. As a couple short kings over here, I think uh, we we yeah. discriminate against height. <laughs> we well, yeah, him. that's okay. That's how it is in uh, the John yeah. Boy office too. <laughs> First day I ever went in there, I met like Jimmy and everybody, but Jake was still in Colorado at the time, so he was on Zoom with us, like just meeting with everybody, and he was like, "Wait, Kyle, how tall are you?" And I'm six two, and he was like, "That's it, go home. Like you're not allowed here." <laughs> say no tall people allowed but yeah i want to talk about like what you do over there at at john boy media obviously you're like in charge of talking yanks stuff and what is like a day-to-day at doing that like for you like working at john boy media dude so like you said i run 
the Talking Yank social media. I also run the Talking Baseball social media and also the John Boy Media like main pages. And dude, every day is completely different. And I'm just kind of winging it, like waiting for something to come across my plate. That looks like it's going to be good content post. Like, of course, they have their scheduled episodes and stuff like that. But we've even gone by the wayside with how I post each episode. Like when I first started, I was a little more reluctant because like I didn't want to completely change what Jimmy and Jake and everybody else had already started. So I was reluctant to do things my way. So when I came in, we were like making sure each episode had like one clip and stuff like that. But I don't even do that anymore. I kind of just listen to the episodes and wait for something like the other day, Trevor Plouffe was like, yeah, my son, Teddy, was just like Jeff Kent. And I was like, that's, not that. <laughs> that's something we can promote through the pod. So I was like, Teddy, Jeff Kent graphic. And like, you know, same day, I think, um, it randomly popped into my head. Let's jersey swap ploof into a Yankees jersey and put him next to Jeter and stuff like that to promote the episode. So, man, like, are there some things I plan on doing? Sure. But I really like most of the stuff you see on the feed every single day. Talking baseball, talking Yanks, John Media is just stuff that comes across my attention in that day and in that moment. And I'm just like, post. So is it a 24-hour workday, kind of? Yeah, it is. Just because, let's say I think I'm done for the day and then pass and tweets Jake Odorizzi to the Astros. Well, back to work I go. Or like when it was a bigger player, like George Springer to the Blue Jays. It was certainly like I had to post. And then I knew Jimmy, and then we're going to do a live show. And George Springer was going to do a press conference that I was going to have to follow. So, yeah, things like that just come out of nowhere. Uh, there are times when I get to take a break, but usually those, that's, that time is from like 12.30 a.m. until 7.30 a.m. And then it's back at it. <laughs> Unless Bob Nightingale's working the nighttime tweets. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you got me awake. He's- I, you know, as much as I respect uh, Bobby's grind, he's one of the reporters I don't have my notifications on for. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh shots fired. Yeah. I do for comedy purposes. <laughs> but because um, I just imagine like you're just trying to go home, you know, you stop, you grab some like fast food or something, just trying to get home and then bam, pass the notification. got to whip over to the side of the highway and you're like, I got to make a post right now. I'm telling you, all, like, and I don't live that close to the office, but I still go in like three days a week. I live down in central New Jersey. Some people like to say central New Jersey doesn't exist, but I live right in the center of it. <laughs> and obviously the office is up in the Bronx where like near where the Yankees play. And so my drive's like an hour and I typically don't have a full free hour in the day, at least not at the time oh. that I'd be driving to or from the office. So I have to a lot of times pull over on the side of the New Jersey turnpike with like cars going 80 past me and whip out my laptop, connect it to a hotspot and start putting together like a a graphic, whether it's the Yankees lineup for that day or the Yankees just re-signed DJ LeMahieu. You know, it's both ends of the spectrum, but it's just, is the expectation I set with those accounts and I don't want it to, I don't want to let go of it. (laughs) Dude, I I respect the hustle. I really do. Like I see, I see a Yankees highlight happen. I don't, I'm gonna be honest. I don't got any Yankees notifications. I don't need to see that right now. So 
So, but I see it. I see you guys on my feed all the time. I'm like that is so fast. I'm like, how did you do that? Another thing, <laughs> it's funny to me that you mentioned, cause I've noticed like the talking baseball is much more like comedy central lately. Like it's funnier baseball stuff. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I love that, man. That's well, awesome. it's be- <clears throat> one reason is because it's the off season. So like, it's not like you got somebody just hit their 10th home run. It's more like stupid stuff. Cause anything you try to take too seriously in the off season, people are going to be like, why are you taking this so seriously? But at the same time, I have just gotten more comfortable with being goofy with it. Whereas, like I said, at first, I didn't just want to like fire away with all that crazy stuff. And now I know exactly what Trev is comfortable with me posting about his kid. Whereas at first, I didn't know if he would be okay with me putting Teddy next to Jeff (laughs) for Instagram, everyone on Instagram to see stuff like that. So. I, I absolutely love that dude that's so funny to me yeah. that you made that comparison <laughs> i was like what <laughs> he's a character man and it, they had the perfect dynamic because obviously trev is like we know he's the coolest like he's played in the league for nine years and stuff like that he's got all the connections but it's funny because jimmy and jake still bully him on the podcast yeah. so it's like the it is funny dynamic. <laughs> Dude, it's gold. But um, yeah. so yeah, you're you're over there, you're grinding at John Boy Media, which is sick to me. But like how chaotic, because I know for me, I'm I'm alone watching a Red Sox game and I got like I'm leaning over it, hunched in it's like a nine to two game and we're losing because I'm a psychopath. But how chaotic is it watching a Yankees game? Like playoff Yankees game. Because obviously with you guys everybody is that what with saying? everybody in the office. It's just oh, mayhem. Man. So it depends, man. Like everybody's got their own style. Like me and Keith McPherson, for example, and even like Joe's, you know what? Nah, by the time the playoffs roll around, we're all going nuts. Then again, (laughs) if it's like mid-August, like last August, like me and Keith McPherson were like waiting on every pitch and going nuts over everything. Jimmy and Jake are a little bit more even keel, as stupid as they could get. BBD is obviously like a very mellow guy, so he doesn't go too nuts. But (laughs) man, when the playoffs rolled around last year, it was pretty wild and Jimmy never gets too low about anything, but when they got eliminated, you'd think somebody like just ran over his cat or something. Like, <laughs> it was pretty nuts. I was like, "Damn, dude!" Like, it's like it's gonna be all right, bro. Like, you give him a little dap up. Like, yo, yeah. man, I'm here for you, brother. If you need yeah. it. <laughs> it, I mean, it was tough, but oof, I yeah, I never seen somebody's mood that I've known for like a year just go from here to like here. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's fun. It's exactly what you'd imagine the crew is like watching a game together. I always tell people the most shocking thing. I say this more about Jake than anybody. The most shocking thing is that the guys are who they present themselves to be on the shows and stuff like that. It's not fake. And Jake, especially like there's seats in the office, but Jake still just like sits on the floor instead. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? Or like, I'll just have like a lunch that I brought to work and I'll walk past them in the office and I'll be like, what you got there, big daddy? Like, <laughs> like Jake. I, I, like, for some reason, tacos, like, okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of them. I think they're hilarious. But for some reason, I feel like Jake's a bologna sandwich kind of guy for lunch. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> I've not seen any bologna sandwiches, but you're definitely in the ballpark of what I his knew it. would look like. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm like, this is the kind of guy who's just eating like white bread, mayonnaise, and bologna for lunch. <laughs> Not apologizing. I either. just don't he's just think he's it. that like even that prepared. I think you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> I love it, man. Credit. Yeah, there's no way he's making a sandwich in the morning. So, like, you mentioned you went to college in, like, Pittsburgh. Were you always, like, a diehard Yankees fan? Like, did you grow up in New York and then go to college? Yeah, so I grew up in a town called Ewing, New Jersey, which is central New Jersey, right kind of near where I live now. I lived there. I even went to community college at a high school. So I was there until I was about 21, and then I left. I transferred away from community college to go to Indiana University of Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. I went there for five semesters and then I went to Ohio for grad school because I was working in their a college's sports information office. The school was called Ashland University, just doing whatever I could to get my foot in the door. I wanted to come back home. So I ended up in like the Philly area at a couple of schools near Philadelphia. And then that's when John Boy came along. And then I moved back to central Jersey because there's a solid train route that gets me to the Bronx. Oh yeah. So did you, did you- so go ahead, Jack. How did you come about working for them? How did that like opportunity arise? Because you got your foot in the door pretty early. Yeah. So I was on Twitter for a while, but not tweeting anything because I was just on there for the reporters and stuff like that. Just the if you're gonna follow 162 baseball games, Twitter is a great tool because it's hard to keep up with every single day unless you're on Twitter. And I started to notice that like a bunch of just random fans were getting followers and stuff like that from posting funny memes and pictures and videos and stuff like that. And of course, John boy was like the king of it. And I was like, this guy's great. So it was in the beginning of the 2019 season. I was like, all right, let me scrap this Twitter that I don't even tweet from and start one that I'm going to start posting from. And I posted a bunch of highlights and memes and, edited videos and just a bunch of different crazy stuff and at one point Jimmy had DM me and followed me just like kind of like a thanks for the support type deal because I was always in his mentions and I was like yeah hell yeah man like I think what you're doing is great and everything and he and I would just go back and forth like publicly and also in DMs every once in a while to a point where I was like man let me shoot my shot so I was like hey man like if you're ever hiring I have this full-time job that I'm comfortable at, but I'd be willing to mop the floors for you instead. So uh, that's when a few months later, this is right after the 2019 season had ended, he put out an application on his Twitter and it said intern, but I was like, I might as well throw my name in the hat. Like I'd be an intern for this guy. I have this full-time job, but I was like, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I threw my name in the hat I think I had DM'd them, let them know I applied. They had me go through like the same application process as everybody else, just because they wanted to see if I was going to be able, be able to edit the way they wanted me to and stuff like that. And I think I had put together like a Mike Talkman reel because Mike Talkman was like a hot topic in 2019. And you know how Jimmy and Jake love to have their random favorite players and stuff like that. Well, Mike Talkman was one of them, but like, sad music behind it and jimmy like talking about how mike talkman had a season ending injury and that's why he dm me he was like hey man that was great we'll get you in the office within the next few weeks and we'll go from there they brought me in it was basically just a meet and greet 
let them let me know what they wanted me to do, what they were going to have me do. And they offered me the job. I thought about it for like a few days and I was like, let's do this. So I started officially right before all the pandemic stuff happened. Dude, that's awesome. so baller. I love that story. Uh, shoot your shot. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, got some frogs. No, yeah. And I feel bad because, you know, you guys are doing it the right way. Like reach out to people like me and BBD and, you know, Zach and some like the John Boy employees with lesser followings. Ask them if they just want to shoot the shit and talk baseball for a while, get to know us, stuff like that. I do feel bad because I do get the people who are like, hey, you know, I'm just out of college or, hey, you know, I have this job or that job, but I would love to work for you guys. I'm like, man, like if it were up to me, we'd hire everybody, but it just doesn't work that way. So you kind of got to be out there working on your own grind and learning how to do things. That way, if the John Boy opportunity ever does come about or one similar to it, you already have that skill set. You can't just be like a guy and expect to get hired and learn the skill set. And that's what Jimmy keeps telling people who are asking for like a talking socks podcast or a talking Mariners. It's like, we're going to bring on talking socks the day that a group of Red Sox fans already has this established podcast that we could just add to John Boy media, that sort of thing. Dude. I love that mentality, but don't feel bad. Like you, you did your damn thing. And then like you showed, Hey guys, this is why you got to hire me. And that's what I respect the hustle of like, go out yeah. do your thing. And then someone's going to, you got talent. Someone's going to give you a spot. So I get yeah, it though. Man. If everyone's DMing you like, man, I wish I had a shot. That's probably tough to be like, ah. I know. Yeah, I, I know. I do. Like I, I feel bad, but I do love to be friends with everybody. So I, I try to be <laughs> as friendly as I can while saying we can't exactly have a whole army at this point, but keep an eye out for applications. We're growing. We're going to hire more people. Yeah. That, let, let's that, be that brought some motivation <laughs> to my heart. I got, I, I was like, for a second, I was like, damn, that's, that's a beautiful story. I love that. <laughs> Especially, I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy month for you guys over there. So, how's that been with the just all the news and the funding and just the the crazy growth? Yeah, you guys are millionaires now. I had to. <laughs> I, I pulled up to a McDonald's today to buy a lemonade with goddamn nickels, and y'all <laughs> with million dollar funding. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so, it's awesome, dude. And obviously, like the funding is great because it means we get to keep doing what we love to do, stuff like that. But getting to see how normal people like Chris Rose are is the most mind blowing thing. Like people, you know, when I'm on the outside, I'm sitting there like, yo, look at John boy talking to this player, that player, and you know, this personality, Ken Rosenthal, whatever. And then you get to meet him yourself and you're like, like, he's just a normal guy. And that's, I'm talking about Chris Rose most specifically, cause he's obviously the new guy in town for us and somebody that I'm on in like day-to-day -day communications with and stuff like that. And man, that guy grinds. And I thought Chris Rose was going to join us and just kind of be like, yeah, sure. Like I'll record like once a week, like, hell no. Like this guy is putting us to the test. He's like texting me every day. Like, Hey, did you do this yet? Like, what should we do about that? Like, do you have any suggestions on which part of the episode I should post on my show or my Twitter and stuff like that? And, that's kind of been the most mind-blowing experience about the whole John Boy thing is that I'm, I'm sure everybody from the outside looks in and it's like, man, I wonder what that guy's like behind the scenes. And everybody I've dealt with so far, I've not had one bad experience. Everybody you guys have seen on the shows, stuff like that, that I've dealt with has been just such a normal person. It's crazy. 
Dude, that's awesome. I think you pointed out, I just want to give this a second because I feel like people don't really appreciate it enough. Like the work that you guys got to do behind the scenes to get the clip that you see for 30 seconds up on that Instagram to get that type, the promotions that you see that you're like, ah, the five tweets on your timeline that you take for granted. Like the fans like don't recognize the amount of work. Every time I see one of those, I'm like that, that, that was editing skills. That took time right there. Like I yeah. appreciate that work. <laughs> for sure. It's so fun though, man. It's so like, fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really fun when like today, for example, I said, uh, I tweeted, I found this great picture of the Yankees infield. I was wondering if that existed. So I literally just Googled Urshela Voigt, LeMahieu Torres, and that picture came up as one picture. And I was like, I've got to use this and I've got to try to maximize it because everyone's going to love the picture, but can I spiral it with like a great caption? I said, you could argue that this is the best infield in Major League Baseball. Of course, you get like the Dodgers fans who are pissed and then Padres trickle in and stuff. But man, it's just sports. Like, let's talk about it, you know, like have fun with it. If you can get people to debate friendly about sports with all this shit we got going on in the world that people are screaming at each other about, let's do it. So that's been the most fun part is when every time I'm posting one of those things, I'm doing it with a smile on my face for sure. I, I love that, man. It's so true, dude. Sometimes I'm a troll. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes yeah, I post yeah. something just to get people fired up. Like I do a, like I'll do a, like a morning show every morning on like TikTok and I'll literally just be like, uh, yeah, uh, Rafi Devers is the best third baseman in baseball. And everyone's like, you idiot. <laughs> like, like, you're not yeah. talking about somebody's mom. You're talking yeah, about like, the best cares, third man? baseman in baseball. Like, who gives a shit? Like, okay. You know, it gives you 10 minutes to uh, stop thinking about whatever else is going on in your life. You just yeah. yell at me about the Dodgers. I'm like, Dodgers fans are angry people love them yeah. very angry you, you guys just won why are you so mad well and they're insecure because it was like the 60 game season and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i'm almost like two percent of me is glad the yankees didn't win the world series last year because i would not have felt like dealing with everybody freaking out that it was only a 60 game season yeah obviously like right the other <laughs> obviously the other 98 percent of me wishes they won the world series but <laughs> I get that's what something Jack would tell me. This kid comes up to me uh, in the offseason. He goes, I think that I think the Red Sox are really good, man. I'm like, no, oh, no we okay, are well, not. Yeah. That good. You know what? <laughs> when the guys did the TPP episode on the Red Sox, I think they all came around and also convinced me and probably some other people that the Red Sox aren't that bad. And when you look at who they'll be up against to make the wild card this year, they've got a pretty good chance. Who are they going to be up against? The the Blue Jays, the A's, the Astros, the Twins. See, I'm I'm high on the Blue Jays because I like that team, but like their rotation is. Horrible. Me and Jack made this joke. We made this joke earlier. Everyone besides Ryu is the guy you see in the highlight of the 700 foot home run, <laughs> but on the other side, yeah. Everyone, Robbie Ray, I, Ross, me and, I'm like what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I just went on Fangraphs the other day and saw how they had the Blue Jays rotation laid out and i was like like that's horrible yeah. one of the worst in the league it's bad it's, yeah it's ryu and then just a bunch of guys uh, yeah the <laughs> second guy was like somebody he's like a younger guy that i didn't even so, remember until i saw his name and i still can't remember it right now yeah i think i saw it earlier it's like tanner tanner how do you say Ro- work Ro- work he, i'm so bad with names <laughs> he's on there for sure yeah they're all like 31 i i think i liken oh, them to every uncle at a family picnic that's what they you know all remind who me of <laughs> i've always been kind of rooting for just because like he had that story with his grandfather and stuff is steven matz yeah steven matz is a cool one if he could pull yeah, it together the mess, he, 
He had, didn't he have a good season or two with the Mets back in I the day? I think he did. They just completely fell apart. Yeah. But Man, yeah, it's stretch. Ryu, Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, Steven Matz, and Ross Stripling. So if the Red Sox are up against teams like that for the wild card spot, it's possible. The American League sucks. I'm, I'm a it's very so pessimistic back. fan. I got him. I got him in at 80. I got him like at 81 and 81 is how I see it going. Like right that 500 mark. But hope is where I have. By the end of the season, I, 85 Hugo, wins might get you that second wild card spot. Ooh. When the Yankees sure. played the Twins in the 2017 wild card, the Twins had I think 86 wins. See, so speaking of like the wild card spot, so how good are we thinking? Like how good do you think the AL East is going to be? Five wins. So because like I got the Yankees at around like 96, 95 wins is where I see them coming. Blue Jays yeah. probably like 88, 89. I'm, I I think the Blue Jays are going to be really good. I think they're going to be because of the rest of the AL East. Like, mm-hmm. I think the that's Oregon a fair number, suck. though. So they're, I don't think they're going to get 90, but I think the Blue get Jays' like offense is a 98 win offense. Their pitching 100%. is a 70 win pitching staff. And like, I'm not going to pretend like I know the depth of the Blue Jays' bullpen, but like Kirby Yates, and they got a couple guys in that pen who can shove a little bit. So, like, I'm into it. I'm just like, give me one Nate Pearson or someone else. Give me one more pitcher that doesn't blow, and I'm, I'm in. But the yeah. Red Sox, I'm just like, I like the A's. I like the Astros. I like the White Sox. I like the Twins. I like the Indians even better than the Red Sox. And I'm a Red Sox just fan. Just name all the teams. <laughs> Those are all – I think they're all better. The yeah, so it's obviously my full time job. So a lot of what you're going to get from <laughs> me is what I get from the talking baseball episodes and stuff like that. And I think the Indians episode came out the other day, and man, they were going through that Indians team, and it's like they fell apart. Yeah. Unless a guy like Tristan McKenzie can step up and be like another Indian Cy Young candidate of the fifty that they've had over the past ten years. They're going to be pretty rough. They lost their franchise star and their team name in the same year, so it's not <laughs> not not too good. Yeah, that, yeah that's pretty I, brutal. Cleveland Spiders are coming for you in twenty twenty two. Just you wait, man. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I hope that they get a name instead of like how Washington did the football team. Yeah, that's horrible. See, um, I, I got yeah, I, I got many ideas for names. I want them to go weird. Get weird with it. Like go something completely off the book that people would be like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, like. Exactly. Something that you don't have at any college or anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like minor college league team name. Yes. My, I have a, <laughs> our fascination with minor league teams is quite concerning. But I think I'm this okay is a, fu- a fun question. Minor league teams, dude, Savannah Bananas, and then as the affiliate, I love them. And then minor we're league go- teams. The, I don't know epic. how many people know this, but we're going to the Savannah Bananas game next uh, weekend, not this upcoming one, but the one after. Is that their world tour thing? I don't know one too much about it, tour. to be honest. My plan was to do a lot of research the week leading up to it, but I know that they invited us and we're going to be like on the field and Jimmy's going to be like interacting with the players and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm cool. so mad at Jack because he got invited to go to the Fan of Bananas tryout uh, and he's not going and I'm yeah. mad at him. <laughs> I, I went on their podcast and they're trying to, trying to get me down there. Really? You played or what? Yeah, I mean, not not anything good, but I think they they go for more. Um, if you can if you can unicycle, you're on the team. <laughs> yeah, they just want. I think they want us for comedic badness. <laughs> All right, hey, I, I can't I can't unicycle either though. So when I no, go watch them next weekend, I'll report back 
and let you guys know <laughs> if I think you should have went and tried out. So I'm just saying I can throw about 40. So if that's going to blow mm-hmm. by somebody, I'm in. <laughs> Break go. out the old rusty shoulder. I'll, I'll have my radar gun out. I'll let you know what they're throwing. <laughs> if it's wiffle ball, I'm down. If it's baseball, I'm probably taking an L. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, we like to do fun stuff here to show some fun baseball. So me and Jack planned a little game for you today. All right, I'm down. So, Jack, tell us a game. We playing a little game called Which Yankee Would. So you're obviously you're close with the Yankees, reporting them a lot, favorite team. So we're gonna get a little personal with the Yankees just to see which Yankee would. So first one. Okay. Which Yankee would be the best roommate? Whoa. He's a deep. Nowadays, I'm loving living alone. I pretty much had roommates my entire life until like last until I started this job. I got the place by myself. So I like to be not bothered in my living situation at this point. That said, give me DJ LeMahieu, who's just going to mind his own damn business and not say shit. I love friends. Don't get me wrong. I'll invite over like Glaber and Judge and the guys who are going to want to play games and stuff like that. But let me live with DJ. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Gardy would be a good roommate. You just hear underneath oh. your room all day. Just banging. Yeah. The bat. <laughs> just or he the like lets out a stink bomb in your room or something like <laughs> yeah. that. He's the prankster on the Yankees. That's like a Yankees inside thing. Yeah, we don't need Gardy. See, this one, now we're getting real deep. Which Yankee secretly has Taylor Swift music on their pregame hype playlist? And I know you know the answer to this, so don't lie to me. <laughs> I want to say Brett Gardner. Maybe it's just because he was fresh on my mind from the last conversation, but I know he's a country music guy. I knew it. <laughs> Taylor Swift started with country music. True. There is a funny story that gets told on a lot of Yankees podcasts and stuff and in books that Brett Gardner once took a 12-hour drive from New York to his home in like South Carolina with the radio off the entire time. That's psychotic. That's psychotic. That's, that's really weird, but... <laughs> I'm thinking if he finally did press the play button, it would have been Taylor Swift. And maybe he had, maybe he was afraid to play his music because it was going to be Taylor Swift. So that, yo, that's called insight. You guys aren't getting that anywhere else besides what (laughs) I'm showing. That's insight right there, dude. One of the things I I was going to say, one of the things I do best with talking Yanks is I just take like all the best Yankee stuff that you're getting elsewhere and just throw it into one place. So I could do that for you guys here appreciate these that. are the stories i heard elsewhere i do have a little bit of insight like we talked to some of the guys but nothing i've said yet has been that <laughs> don't worry we don't operate on facts <laughs> maybe we, some, we don't believe in facts some, maybe we have some personal insight on this one which yankee could you realistically be in a thumb wrestle Oof. i don't know if you've seen any thumb picks or anything like yeah, that yeah wouldn't, the Again, pitchers, any picks from strong, wouldn't be the pitchers those guys have some strong hands Oof, that's a tough one. Who's really small? The Yankees don't even have a lot of small players anymore. At one point, they had that guy, Ronald Torres. He's with the Phillies now. Man, I don't know. The pitcher, Davey Garcia, is a little guy. He's like 5'9". So. He, do- he seems like a kind man. I think he would, like, concede. I thought Clint Frazier you would be able to wax. Dude, Clint Frazier's so strong, bro. Oh, never mind. I remember when Clint Frazier was a prospect coming up, he was putting out like crazy workout videos where he's doing like freaking flips on pull-ups and stuff like that. So, But we oh, don't boy. know about his thumbs. 
Yeah, we yeah, don't true. know. Let's true. get those hand measurements I was going. just thinking who's see. the littlest guy on the team, and Davey Garcia is pretty small. But, man, pitchers, yeah. there's a reason they throw 90-something. Their hands are true. huge. But the Yankees are a huge team. Like, they're all jacked. So, oh, God. Gio Rochella so, is very, like, a, he seems like a softie. So, mm-hmm. Gio Rochella, maybe. I like I like that answer. Yeah. See, I'm terrified of everybody because they're all gigantic. So I'll, I'm gonna lose to all of them. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely losing to everyone. <laughs> who do I? Who would I have the best chance against? Oh, give me the smallest guy in Davy or the most biggest softy in Gia. Let, let me know the DraftKings odd on that. I'm gonna drop bank. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're the underdog. I want the odds. Oh, I'm like uh, a plus ten thousand. <laughs> they got a small loan. <laughs> put it on. So. This one is, I think, it's going to be a hit hit home to you. Which Yankee would you put a lifetime franchise tag on? Oof. Uh, right now it would be it would be Glaber Torres. I like, like that one. Baseball speaking, you know, the youngest, the best at his age, or Jason Dominguez who's mm-hmm. just turned 18. He's like the huge prospect. I'm just getting baseball nerd on you. No, I, no Jason we, Dominguez we is literally, if one more Yankees fan brings up Jason Dominguez age to me, he goes, you, this guy's 18 years old. I'm that like, I know I'm old. I know I'm old. <laughs> yeah, that is newsworthy because what he's doing at 17 and 18 is pretty nuts. Now there was the one season where Glaber was 22 and everybody's freaking out about that, but you had like Acuna and Soto and six other guys who were also doing the same thing at 22. But I'm I don't think honest, we've seen anybody jealous. else doing <laughs> What's that? I'm just really jealous. I'm like, uh, this kid's 18 years old, and he's going to be like the next face of baseball. Like, yeah. So cool. <laughs> it is cool. But we won't see him until like 2025. So true. true. Do you think Glaber can play short? I do. Yeah. He's already looked pretty good in spring. I think people get a little carried away with, his fielding woes. Now, I'm not saying he was good. He definitely was bad. But I don't think he was bad to the point where you're already looking for somebody else to take his spot. Had they had they gave him the boot after that last season, that would be a terrible decision. You don't just give up on a guy like that. So give him one more year. If he goes this season and he's if he's a little bit below average, you still keep him out there. He's Glaber Torres. He rakes. Most shortstops are just out there for fielding. I mean, I say that never. I say that at a time when we're starting to actually see the shortstop come back to life. So, but if he's really bad again, you probably move him back to second base and figure it out. While we're on like serious Yankees insight, because I do have a question I want to get to. Um, Gary Sanchez is fascinating to me because somehow I've ended up as a Gary Sanchez defender. Yeah. Don't know how I got here. I think people are being way too hard on the guy. I'm like, his talent is insane. If And the defensive, like, I get he's not, like, the best defender, but his bat, when he's on, is in- so important for that team. And it's another thing. Every single Yankees fan who's sitting here like, trade Gary or release him or he sucked. Na- I wish I could be right in front of them and say, name five other catchers right now. Because, That's dude, a great point. the catcher position just is weak. Like, you get guys who are good for, like, one season, and they suck the next. It's been like that with every catcher. So, there's, like, a few guys. JT Riamuto, Jan Gomes, uh, Yasmani Grandal. 
other than that, dude, who have been the consistent catchers? Like, you guys got your guy in Vasquez, but, I mean, he had a pretty good 60-game season, right? Yeah, he's been pretty yeah. good offensively like the past two or three seasons, and he's good defensively. But if I had to be picked between Gary Sanchez, even after last year, and Christian Vasquez, I'm taking Gary Sanchez. The upside with him is yeah. there. It's like, okay, even like we're going to get an automated strike zone in like two years or so anyways. And, okay, he left a little bit of extra pass balls. But if he said in 35, when that guy hits a home run, I quake in fear. I'm like, that yeah. is so far. Yeah, and I don't know if you've been keeping up with spring too much, but he's absolutely raking right now, and he's looked fine defensively, been. so. If he can carry this into the season, that'd be great. I think the advantage he has is that he was playing winter ball all offseason, so he already had, like, a ramp-up. Ploof actually said that on the podcast the other day. He said he thinks that the guys in winter ball have a spring training advantage because they already had sort of a spring training. <laughs> There's to it. Yeah. I'm, in, I, I'm watching closely Chris Davis' season because I want to see yeah. if the Trevor Ploof effect is real because I've been memeing Chris Davis for about a season and a half now. So if, if he comes out raking, I will all hail Trevor Plouffe. Like, I, I'm done. <laughs> if Chris Davis has a good year, Sequence is going to be the most popular show on the internet. <laughs> I saw him and Josh Donaldson just going back at it. And I was Dude, like, oh. that interaction between the two of them has been, like, one of the best things to happen to Sequence yet. <laughs> It's so cool, dude. I'm like, the insight you're getting is insane. I'm just, yeah. I, again, like I root, I'm rooting for Chris Davis. I'm rooting for Gary Sanchez. I don't want to see guys go for a struggle like that. I'm rooting nah. for them. Yeah. Like that's going suck. You don't root. You don't genuinely root for that. You could jokingly troll on Twitter yeah. and stuff like that, especially if they're on your favorite team. I, there's, like, I feel like there are Yankees fans who are genuinely rooting for Gary Sanchez to be bad just so they can say I was right. And that never makes any sense to me. Like, how old is Gary Sanchez? He's like 24, 25. I don't have it in front of me. Gary is 28 at this point. Oh, he's a little older than I thought. But he's still Gary like, Sanchez. he's still under 30 years old. Like, I think I want yeah. that guy to get good, not bad. Now, if comedy. Gary question. Sanchez <laughs> can keep putting the bat on the ball the way we think he can and be a 30 home run per season guy. He's in this league until he's 36, and four years from now, he just moves to first base or something. Exactly, dude. Or so, DHs. Come on, guys. Get it together. Be nice to yeah. Gary. I'm part of the Nice to Gary crew. I'll start a T-shirt. Right, nice cool. to Gary. <laughs> there you go. Free marketing. <laughs> so next question. Which Yankee do you think would be most fun at a family reunion? Be somebody to be chatting it up with everybody. Gotta have some cornhole skills. Gotta be able to gotta be and, able to shoot. And someone who had worked well in central New Jersey, which may or may not exist. Yeah. Maybe a figment of your imagination. We haven't confirmed. You know who's come to the Yankees and been like a really talkative person is Jameson Tyone. Mm. Oh. Like he's a guy you let date your daughter type deal. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. He just like, was almost on the list. <laughs> He could just have a conversation with anybody and like you could ask him the dumbest question. He could spin it into like a great conversation. So he would work well at a family reunion. I don't know if he'd be that fun. Who would be like singing karaoke and stuff? It would be like Luke Voigt would be a fun bring mm -hmm. to a family reunion. Like look at my jacked friend. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's good. That's a good he one. He would fit well in New Jersey. So he, there you go. Would, yeah. Luke would Voigt would be beers. the fun one. Jameson Tyone would be like 
the friend you bring to your girlfriend's family reunion. Like mm-hmm. somebody who's not going to embarrass you and be able to talk to everybody. <laughs> that is the detailed answer I was looking for. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that is so good. You got layers to that question. <laughs> yeah, you just start chatting up your Yankees buddies. Like, yo, I got to go for my girlfriend's ex-family reunion. I'm going to need a buddy where you at, James. Yeah. Yep, James and Tyone. If it's your family reunion, you're bringing Luke Voigt. Love that. Which Yankee is most likely to bring a gallon jug of water to the gym every time? You know the type of people we're talking about. Also Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going to go Jason Dominguez after we talked uh, about him earlier. And okay. I was like, is he going to come out of nowhere with a gallon <laughs> jug and like the pre-cut shirt? <laughs> Man, that guy seems like he just doesn't even go to a gym. He just like yeah. goes in his backyard and just starts tossing logs around or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just moving cars. Yeah. Just moves cars. It's like too lazy to drive to the gym and just starts pushing his car yeah. around. See, when I was thinking of this question, I don't know why Luke Voigt didn't come to my mind. Dang. That's that's a good one though. He's the meat. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. For sure. I dropped that one. <laughs> or Raldis Chapman is another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you'll find this funny or not, but I was like, every time Aradis Chapman gives up a walk-off home run, his biceps get bigger. <laughs> every offseason he comes back, he's huge. Like, I was like, what? That guy could fit right in as an outside linebacker. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. If I walk up to him, I'm like, thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. And I'm walking yeah, my cousin, my first cousin, one of my closest family members, met him at an airport on his way back from Cancun just this past winter that is that's so crazy i like embarrassing story for me the first mlb player i met was uh nick ahmed the gold glove shortstop for the dimebacks and uh when i first met him i froze terrified (laughs) i was like the size of this human is insane and then he shook my hand and his hand was like twice the size of mine not winning a thumb war against him (laughs) no not at all his hands were so meaty so i couldn't even imagine just meeting a rotis chapman while waiting at like a a jet blue i'd be terrified Uh, yeah that's exactly he said he was just like getting his lunch and my cousin was like all nervous (laughs) walking up to him asking him to take a picture (laughs) that's so sick but he said he was like the nicest guy ever Awesome. Yeah. So the last one I got for you is uh which Yankee would you want to host a podcast with? The dream that would never happen for anyone who ever asked him to do this would be Brett Gardner. Because oh. he got like 15 years of Yankee stories mm-hmm. and he's a prankster. Everybody loves him, and he's a good storyteller. He was on Ryan Rucco and CC Sabathia's podcast the other day, R2C2, and he was phenomenal. And Rucco and CC were like, or Rucco was saying that Guardy would be good for TV, and CC was like, "Man, shut up! Like he'll never do that shit." <laughs> right in front of Guardy. <laughs> That's so good. So, See, I I imagine Brett Gardner is kind of like Lance Lynn vibes. Like he probably just disappears into a log cabin once he retires. That's and exactly never comes what's going to happen. Knew it. <laughs> he played 15 years in the big leagues. You've got enough money. You don't even know what to do with it. You don't need to keep relevant. He's never been all about the fanfare and that stuff. So, dude, that's that's kind of crazy. Like I, I think fifteen years with one team—that's underappreciated. Yeah. Well, let's see. He's been in the bigs with them since two thousand eight. So fourteen years in the big leagues. I think he's been with the Yankees since two thousand five. So. 
That's a long time. Long time. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm That'd be like if Dustin Pedroia was still in the South. No, that was a sad moment for me. That was a sad moment for us this offseason. That was like yeah. a moment of grief. <laughs> I feel like Dustin Pedroia has been gone for like three years now, but yeah. <laughs> it was, since but that, when you since the Manny Machado incident, he hasn't really been in the news. Yeah. We don't talk about that incident. But <laughs> I got a couple more Yankees questions for you for you before we let you go. All so right. obviously Zach Britton got hurt recently. It sucks because I'm a huge fan of Britain, even going back to his Orioles days. So what is what do you think the solution for the Yankees bullpen is? Are they going to be able to like handle that type of loss? I think he's out what three to four months with a uh, yeah. some sort of elbow injury. I think what the way you look at it is, if you're trying to put a positive spin on it, is that he's going to be back in time for the important stuff. So are they going to lose like an extra game or two because a guy like Britain is out from the time from April until late June, like right after the All Star break, July? Yeah, sure, but. You don't sit here and, like, press the panic button over it. You use it as an opportunity to see what other guys can bring. At least one reliever is going to come up and be like, oh, we didn't know this guy was that good. I'm pretty excited about Darren O'Day. He's actually been really good his entire career. And it's been a while since we've had a submarine guy on the Yankees. So pumped about that. Chad Green is one of the more underrated relievers in all of baseball. So now he'll get a chance to be more of, like, a setup guy. And – Aroldis Chapman is still going to be there. And as much as people like to hate because he's let up big home runs, he's still one of the best in the game. So they're fine. You know, you you hope that Garrett Cole can be a guy that goes deeper into games and stuff like that, even though that's not the model in baseball anymore. Um, the starters that the Yankees are playing on rolling out there have looked really good in spring so far. So we'll be all right. I, I'm, I agree with you. <clears throat> I'm in on the Yankees, like on their rotation, on their bullpen depth. Darren O'Day, again, another former Oriole. They're just pumping out stud relievers. Yeah. <laughs> another, Imagine well, I love the submarine. Them. Yeah. Imagine if they kept them instead of giving all that money to Chris Davis. Yeah. yeah poor Chris. Chris is happy about that, though. He's probably chilling somewhere like, hey, guys, I got paid. That's but, robbery. Um, <laughs> it is dude what what do we look at we always look up weird chris uh davis contract details but like how much he earns per second <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like my favorite pastime but it's... i look at that rotation and i think my bigger question i think garrett cole was probably like if not the favorite to win the cy young because i always have the fear you signed a big contract as a pitcher you have a rough first year it's kind of not even rough he was good but like you don't you're not usually at your top of your game on the first year of that big contract then the second year put all the money on Cy Young vote. But I want to hear your thoughts on Tyone because I think Kluber is more of a question mark, even though Tyone hasn't been in there. I'm all in on Tyone. Like, I think he's going to shove for them. I keep going back and forth in my mind on whether or not I'm excited about them, whether or not I still have to wait and see, whether or not I think it's going to be a disaster. Obviously, my bias has me more excited than anything, but I am going back and forth between all those different levels. And I think Kluber and Tyone are very much in the same realm. Because like you said, we are probably more confident about what we're going to get from Tyone, but the ceiling on Kluber is way higher. The guys won two Cy Youngs. So like like we're saying, while you can be more confident about Tyone just because what happened to him wasn't quite as uncertain as what's been going on with Kluber, Kluber was just better. Tyone was never a superstar, at least not yet. Kluber was. So if Kluber can be even 75% of what he was, he's probably still as Jameson Tyone could be. Because, again, the guy won two Cy Youngs. So 
even if he's 75% of himself, you're talking about a guy who has like a three, five ERA this year. And you take that any day of the week. It's a good point. I didn't yeah. think about it like that. I, I appreciate that view. See, I'm, I'm kind of biased. I, I, I love Tyone. I've never been a Kluber guy. He's obviously incredibly talented. Just never been in on Kluber, but I, I'm rooting for the guy. Are Kluber and Dardner going to be friends? Ooh. Oh, that's tough. The, the duo that everybody keeps waiting to see a conversation between is Kluber and DJ LeMahieu because mm. neither of them speak. So, <laughs> yeah. I actually put together, like, a graphic just during the game today because I was bored and I ran into a funny idea that's going to go out tomorrow morning on the Talking Yanks account, and it's Kluber and DJ LeMahieu standing next to each other. And my caption is something along the lines of, what did I say? This will play well because people love the Kluber DJ <laughs> combo because they both just have no emotion. They're both like, <laughs> they call DJ Le, uh, Machine and Kluber Klubot. And I said, How are the Yankees supposed to lose with these two staring at every opponent like this? Like a bunch of question marks. So, I love that. Dude, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, that's going to play pretty well. I could have had no caption, and that's the type of picture that'll play well. So. See, this is guys, this is the insight that you're getting into the world of social media. That, I dude, am that's just so good. Oddly nerdy about it. I think it's so much fun. And I have no issues with like living behind the scenes either. Dude, dude I love that. You gotta own your nerdiness. We're we're yeah. nerdy about it too, man. That's this is literally all we do. So yeah, talking bro. talking about uh Red Sox single way affiliate on a Friday night sounds like a ball to me yeah. I'm, I'm down any day of the See? week so dude like now you got you know me on instagram and stuff like that hit me up Same oh yeah man back. like you gotta get me on there you guys have twitter and stuff like that are you guys oh yeah on there? yeah i'm trying to get more active on uh twitter i usually do it from our we got ice account because uh oh, for my tweets yeah that's that's us that we got Dope. us baseball because um, okay. for my personal account my tweets would just be wild like i was just like what's your favorite cereal guys what are we talking <laughs> yeah. about here <laughs> let me follow back all the we got ice stuff cool oh yeah bro uh we got to get you uh we got to get you in the, i know you're behind the scenes guy but you got the good insight we got to get you out <laughs> on the scene more we're talking I'm about down, the brett man. gardner I'm... kyle condor podcast coming to you 2022 <laughs> <laughs> hey we'll see <laughs> if, we'll see if we can find somebody to replace me doing all this social media stuff for John Boyd, then maybe I'll slide over and do something else. But for now, I, I've got to stay in that role because it's going well. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I, I'm pulling for you. So thanks so much, dude, for taking the time to come on and do this. We really appreciate it. Hell it's yeah, been awesome. Dude, for sure. Like, let's do it again. Hit me up whenever. Hell yeah, man. And for you guys, obviously, I, I'm a John Boy fan, and I've been following the race to 10K. So... The 10K follow. So I'm I'm calling on you guys, the We Got Ice Army. Go follow at Kyle Condor on Twitter. Let's get this guy to 10K as soon <laughs> as possible. I want to see yeah. this guy hit that milestone. See, I'm doomed because ever since I started doing all the Talking Eggs, Talking Baseball, John Boy, everything I used to post on my own account now goes to those. So my following on my personal doesn't really grow like it used to. And the other part that I'm doomed with is it's literally my job to try to get BBD and those guys more recognition. So like when you see a BVD post go out from the talking baseball accounts, that's me. And I'm literally lobbing him followers in that way. So we're you know going on. You know, there is inside. Don't you know what Kyle's like, we got your back. We're going to push you. We're going to help you get over. <laughs> All right, boys. Also, I appreciate you. 
Of course. Also, make sure to guys follow him on Instagram at Kyle Condor. And also check out all his works at Talking Yanks at Talking Baseball. You guys don't need to plug, but you know where to find it. <laughs> Thanks again, man. And we'll see you guys for another episode next time. Take it easy and stay chilly.